Well, good morning, Sailorville Church. Great to see you this morning. What a privilege it is uh, to be here. I, uh, one thing that uh, um, I want to introduce you to is, is my wife's also here this morning. And if, if it wasn't for her uh, and Jesus uh, allowing, uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit, for her to invite a guy named Chuck DeClean to come to our house, uh, I wouldn't be here preaching to you right now. And so I'm very thankful for my wife, and for some of you that know her, you know that she is the better half of this duo that's here this morning. Um, This morning, I would draw your attention, if you have a Bible, to Galatians chapter 5, as uh, I would like to draw out this, uh, just one verse this morning, actually. Um, So if you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter 5, and I do welcome you this morning. Um, this morning, High Point Church will be doing a service, obviously, at 10 a.m., and, and uh, me and Matt won't be there, so please pray for them. I have no idea what they're going to do. Uh, hopefully, they won't change their name by the time I get back. Um, Galatians chapter 5, and I'll read that verse here in a little bit. Growing up, I had a friend whose mom would let them do anything. His place was the most fun place to go. We would have chocolate cake for dinner. We played Atari whenever we wanted. That tells you how old I am. The way he talked to his mom was crazy. He would tell her what he was going to do or what he wasn't going to do. Seriously, when he was asked to take out the trash, it was like on deaf ears. When they asked him to mow, he wouldn't do it. Later on in high school, This was the place to be because we would stash our beer up in his room because we knew his mom didn't care so that we could drink for the weekend. This house was the best. There were times that I thought, man, it must be so nice to live in this house. Now, on the other hand, and please don't get me wrong, I love my parents. My dad is now gone. But I couldn't do anything. I pulled weeds, seems like daily. I had chores with no allowance. I ate what my mom made. I had to do my own laundry. It was a rough life. Can I get an amen? I also grew up in fear of doing anything wrong. If you did, you would hide it so deep and so good as to no one finding out, especially my dad. I grew up just counting the days to leave. I wanted to be free. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. 
That's what I saw was freedom. Was I right? Is freedom doing whatever you want? Now, there is the freedom that we celebrate this coming Monday, which is our independence from tyranny and a king. And I'm thankful for the country that we live in, the sacrifices that have been made so that we have the freedoms that we have. But the kind of freedom that I want us to consider this morning on this 4th of July weekend is the freedom that God wants us to have, whether you live in the United States or in North Korea. This freedom that I want to talk about and consider is found in Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse 1 with me this morning. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Stand firm. And do not subject or be subject again to a yoke of slavery. This freedom that Paul writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit is given to every single individual in this room who has put their faith their trust, and their reliance on what Jesus Christ did on the cross. His death, his burial, and his resurrection, and for the forgiveness of sin. This is the freedom that Paul talks of. When this takes place in your life, when you give Christ your sin, and he, in transfer, gives you his righteousness, this great exchange... This is the freedom that was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul is addressing, though, in this letter to the Galatians, that after you've done that, there will be a battle for your sanctification. There will be a battle for your spiritual growth. And you must live with the freedom that you have been given in Christ. As a pastor now for 12 years at High Point Church and a follower of Jesus Christ for 20 years now. Can I still call myself a new Christian? As a pastor, there's nothing more than I want to do than to see believers in Christ grow, to spiritually grow, to fall in love with Jesus more and more every day. My heart is woken up in the morning praying for people in my own church, God's church in Altoona, people that are, are not living with the freedom that they've been given in Christ. And they're suffering and they're hurting. And that's true in here today too. This morning, I'd like us to draw our attention to this battle that takes place, this battle for our spiritual growth, this battle for our sanctifications. And this morning, I want to address three components, three, three things that I just want us to consider. Number one is this Christian freedom that Paul speaks of in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. But I also want to talk about legalism. Legalism is the context by which Paul writes his letter, and so we'll address that in our battle for spiritual growth. And then I do want to talk about the license or, or what uh, Scripture talks about is this form of liberalism. It's not addressed in Galatians per se. But if you were to flip a coin on legalism, you would get license or liberalism. And that's the direction that people 
want to do whatever they want to do. And so let's start with what Jesus wants for us. What Jesus wants for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that first thing is Christian freedom. The freedom in Christ. Look at the verse with me again. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Stand firm. And do not subject again to a, and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. What is this freedom that Paul is talking about that Jesus gives us? Well, there's a few things I want you to see. Number one, in Paul's context here in his letter to the Galatians, he's talking about freedom from the law. Specifically, the freedom of the false idea that the law, think Ten Commandments, or even the ceremonial laws like circumcision, is a way of salvation. Think Jesus plus something. But it's also more than that. In the sanctification or your spiritual growth, it's the idea that you have to earn God's grace. This freedom also is freedom from law's condemnation. This is what Paul wants to address. This is what Christ wants us to be reminded of daily. It's the freedom of law's condemnation to the follower of Jesus Christ. And I'll explain that here in a little bit. But it's also the freedom of relentless guilt and shame that a believer feels as a result of their past sins or even the present sins that you find yourself in right now. It's also the freedom from this terrible pressure, this terrible frustration that we get when we try to not sin. That we have to hold on to our salvation for some reason. It's freedom from that. The freedom that Christ offers here is the freedom of sin's domination over your life. It doesn't have the same hold on us as it used to. And lastly, the freedom that Paul addresses here is the freedom in Christ is that you've been set free to now live in obedience through the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul will write about it in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, where he says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of your flesh. This is what it means to be free. This is what freedom in Christ looks like. This freedom for me started on November 2nd, 2001. I mentioned before that there was a man who knocked on my door. His name was Chuck DeClean, and many, many of you know him here. But he knocked on my door. He had a little list that said all the people that were, were new to Ankeny, and my name was on the list, me and my wife. And in God's perfect plan and wanting to please my wife, I let him do a Bible study in my house. And in that Bible study, I learned what real sin was. Not just the bad things that I've done, not just the consequences of the things I've done, but a sin against a holy God. I was broken. 
And so, of course, the first thing that I want to do is clean myself up. That's what any good religious person wants to do, right? So I told myself, I'm going to stop doing drugs. I'm going to stop going to strip joints after work. And then the next study, uh, Chuck showed me scriptures where it says that it's through faith, by, by grace through faith. And this is not of my own doing, but a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And I remember thinking as he said these things, man, this guy's ruining everything. I'm not worthy of what Jesus offers. Let me clean myself up. And he knew that it was Christ that had to clean me up. That I had to give Christ my sin and he would give me his righteousness. I didn't think that was a fair exchange. I still don't. But that demonstrates his great love for me. And so on November 2nd, 2001, I got on my knees in the middle of my living room floor on 2914 Southwest Cove. It's hollow ground over there if you want to drive by sometime. <laughs> and I asked Jesus to forgive me. I asked him to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. And I'd wasted 26 years of my life and I wanted to live for him. Listen, Jesus wants you to live in this kind of freedom daily. Knowing that you have been forgiven by Jesus Christ every morning is motivation for you to live for Christ. That's freedom. Christian freedom understands that the law has a purpose. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul says it's like a tutor, it's a guardian. It's leading you and pointing you to Jesus and your need for him. To surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit for salvation and then for spiritual growth. Listen, Paul talks about this freedom in Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Look at verses 1 and 2. It says this, there is therefore, and this is to the, the the follower of Jesus Christ who has this freedom, Paul declares, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And one more verse in, in the letter to the Romans, Paul writes this, he says, sin no longer has master over you, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Freedom in Christ is why Jesus came. Freedom in Christ leads us to gratitude and thankfulness that leads to obedience. The very reason God created us to be with him. Shortly after I was saved, by the grace of Jesus Christ, I was on a golf course with some friends. Now, these old friends offered me some drugs while we were playing golf, and I did it. 
because that's what I normally did. But let me tell you something. What stopped me from doing it after that day was not some law or some proof that I had to prove that I was a Christian, but that I saw for the very first time, it's like God opened my eyes that he was saying, Greg, you no longer need this. It wasn't someone having to tell me not to do drugs. I knew it was bad to do drugs. I didn't need Nancy Reagan to tell me, say no to drugs. I needed Jesus Christ to work in my life. And then I experienced freedom. The freedom that Christ gives. The freedom that causes us to say no to the flesh. The Christian freedom is critical, brothers and sisters in Christ. The Christian freedom is critical for your growth this morning. And I would guess that everyone in this room desires to grow in their walk, and that growth will only come acknowledging the freedom that you have in Christ and living it out. Paul says this, doesn't he? Look at the verse with me again in Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Stand firm and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, I don't mean to sound like a dull grammar lesson, but keep standing firm is a command in the present imperative. What does that mean? Well, it means that the Galatian followers of Jesus Christ are to make this freedom in Christ a daily habitual pattern of their life. To live in the freedom daily. Christ set us free to enjoy the freedom every single day. And what if you don't do that, follower of Christ? What if you decide, like I did on the golf course, to, to go back to some of the sins that easily ensnared you? Well, what, what does Paul warn us? Paul warns the Christ follower what tries to steal this freedom. Look again at the verse with me in Galatians 5.1. And do not submit, be subject again to a yoke of slavery. What does this mean? Well, the idea to not, to, to not submit or to not be subject to me, it, it carries the meaning of not going back to anger or, or holding a grudge. And that's what brings me to this battle of sanctification, this battle for spiritual growth. And what Paul's addressing here that steals that freedom is legalism. Legalism, which Paul is combating in the churches of Galatia, a works-based salvation, but also a works-based sanctification, specifically circumcision or ceremonial laws instituted by these people called the Judaizers. This is bad theology that would lead to bad practice. This idea that you have to prove to God your worthiness. That you have to work towards God from God's gospel. Or I should say, to God's gospel. In other words, it's never enough 
The result, Paul says, is you will become angry. You will be a judgmental person. You will hate life and your evangelism will be severely hindered. We know this because in Galatians chapter 4, Paul says, in the beginning of our time together, when I shared the gospel with you, you would have gouged your own eyes out and given them to me. But now, I'm an enemy because I tell you the truth. See, that's what legalism does. It causes you to be angry and bitter and a poor testimony to the people around you. Legalism makes you a slave again to the very law. If you stay there, if you stay Christian, if you stay follower of Jesus Christ, in this pattern of illegalism, Paul tells us what takes place. Look at verses 2 through 4 with me in Galatians chapter 5. Listen to how serious Paul is. Because he's serious about your spiritual growth. He's serious about your walk with Jesus Christ. So Paul says this. He says, look, I, Paul, say to you who are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated now to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. Look at the seriousness there. Number one, he says, Christ will be at no advantage to you. In other words, you no longer are asking for God's assistance in your walk. How's that going, follower of Christ? But not only that, now you're obligated to keep the whole law. If you're saying that you have to keep the law to earn God's grace, well, then you darn well better be perfect. How's that going? Not only that, but he says you're, you're severed from Christ. The idea here, and this comes from John MacArthur, he says you're rendered inactive. In other words, your testimony is completely paralyzed. You're no longer pointing people to Jesus. You're trying to point people to yourself. And you can't save anybody. But not only that, he says you've fallen from grace. Now, this isn't the idea of losing your salvation. The idea here is that the Christ follower is trying to live life without the grace of God. His amazing grace that saved you is the same grace that wants to grow you. And you've said, I don't need it. That's what legalism does. When I lived in Runnels, me and my wife lived in Runnels for a few years before I actually became a church planner, the third church planner here in the Engage Network from Sailorville. We had a neighbor who I began to witness to. And this was a great guy. He was a hardworking guy. He dealt with horses. And I mean, he was just a rough and tumble guy. And every once in a while, just as a blessing, we would uh, have him uh, put a horse that he's trying to mend in our 
land to, to eat and stuff like that. And it was great because I had little kids and they loved seeing horses. And, uh, but this guy, I got a chance to share the gospel with, to ask him about his personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if he had one at all. And this guy began to tell me, I used to go to church. He went to a church in the Runnels area. Well, at least his wife did. And like a good husband, this one time, he actually listened to his wife and he said, I'll go to church with you. And so he went to a little church in, in and around that area. And he said, you know what? I, I went to this church and the first message, and the, it was good. He goes, I, I actually listened and I enjoyed it. And it, it sounded like something that I needed. And I said, okay, so what, what happened? What, what, where, what are you at now? And he said, well, I, I went back again, and again, it was good, but, but the third time I went, the pastor handed me a sack, and inside that sack, the pastor told him is a suit that he'd be more comfortable wearing if he was going to keep coming back to church. This guy never went back again. So I explained to him about the freedom that Christ gives. It is the complete opposite of legalism. And I pleaded with him to put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for his salvation. Whether this guy has or not, I don't know. But Paul is showing us in Galatians the destructive path of legalism. But not just legalism is harmful to our spiritual growth. And listen, we are prone to be legalistic. If you're here saying, oh, those guys are legalistic, our pride desires legalism. I am prone to be a legalist. I so badly desire to prove to God something. If you're like me, you're prone to legalism. But not just legalism. Now, not, not in Galatians, but Paul speaks of, in Romans, liberalism. That's really the flipping of the coin of legalism. They're both bad, but the idea of liberalism or license is the idea that you can do whatever you want once you become a Christ follower. You have license to do whatever you want to do. Well, we see that concept in Romans chapter 6. Look at verses 1 and 2 with me. He says, what shall we say then? Should we to keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? The idea here is this, that the idea that you can do what you want because of God's grace is, again, bad theology, just as bad as legalism is. And both legalism and liberalism will lead to a stunted spiritual growth. And for those of you that are here, that are caught in life-dominating sin, the, the, the idea here is not pull up your bootstraps, and tackle that sin. 
What Paul is addressing here is your desire to fall in love with Christ, which will lead to obedience. A flowing out from the gospel. Legalism and license, both are bad theology that will lead to a bad spiritual walk. So, so as we come to a conclusion here, which is it for you? Live with the parent that says, do whatever you want? Or the strict parent? You can't wait to leave. Both got it wrong. By the way, my friend with the house with the cake for dinner, he did whatever he wanted. It led to behaviors that, well, we both ended up as drug dealers. He ended up with children, several children outside of wedlock. But one day he asked me and my wife, after I had come to salvation in Jesus Christ through the ministry of Sailorville, he started to see a change in my life. And he asked me, he said, can I go to church with you? Well, he came to Sailorville with me one week, and he sat in that back row. We sat in that back row. And I know Pat would want me to say that it's because of his message that he came to Christ. <laughs> but it was actually Dave Heisterkamp that was preaching that week. <laughs> and Mike told me that he asked Christ to save him. My liberal friend, my conservative upbringing, both of us were saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. Where's your freedom this morning? Where's your freedom? There's a loving Father in heaven who wants you to live in peace and in joy but it only comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So a couple things I want you to consider as we close. Number one, are you living, are you growing in grace in the freedom that you have in Christ Jesus this morning? I'm not talking about an easy life. I'm not talking about a life without struggles. I'm talking about a life with purpose to point people to Christ. No guilt, no condemnation, only gratitude for a Savior's work in your life. Are you living follower of Christ in the knowledge of the freedom that you have in Christ Jesus? And then for those here my question is, do you have this freedom in Christ? For some of you this morning, you have to respond to the truth of the gospel. Not your upbringing. To know that Jesus alone has forgiven you of your sin, 
that his work on the cross was sufficient enough to save you. This is the freedom that God desires for you to have this morning. Would you put your faith and trust in him? Would you experience salvation for the very first time? In God's grace, you are here this morning. Not to check off a list. To say, I'm worthy of this week, God, because I went to church. No, hopefully you came to church this morning so that you could be stirred up for the freedom that you've been given in Christ. And for those that you are here, again, that don't know Christ, you are here to hear the gospel once again. Will you respond to the true freedom that Jesus wants you to have? Let's pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity once again to come to this place, to Sailorville, a homecoming of sorts for me and my wife. And Lord, my heart is for everyone here as it is for the people of, of, of High Point Church when I'm there. And it is, is this, that God, that we would fall in love with you every day. That our lives would reflect a gratitude and a thankfulness for what you've done on the cross for us, Jesus. That our obedience to you would not come out of duty, but would come out of a love and a gratitude for what you've done. Oh God, I pray that we would live with this freedom every day. For it's in Christ's name I pray and all God's people said, let's stand.